Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. Holy crap, guys. I just, I can't believe I'm recording this episode. Uh, yesterday, we celebrated our four year anniversary for our business. So go us. I can't believe we made it this far. If you would have told me four years ago that my business would still be up and going and not just running, but thriving, I don't think I would have believed you. <laughs> I had such bad imposter syndrome when I first started my business. And it's just crazy to think how much this business has grown in just four years. And there are so many people. I have to thank for helping me along the way, but to celebrate our anniversary, I'm here to share with you guys the top things I've personally learned after four years of running my online business. And so to kick off, the very first thing I want to talk about um, is something that I learned pretty quickly in the beginning of my business. And, you know, this is really relevant outside of running a business. It's in life too, just personally, but being busy is not the same as being productive period. (laughs) You know, it's about being mindful of the time we spend, right? And we're not just being busy or just doing things to check them off of our to-do list. And so I think one of the biggest things that I've done is really to develop habits that have helped me to stay productive and stay on track and move my business forward. So things like time blocking, that's been super, super helpful, especially now. Um, If you guys didn't know, I am a new mom. I had my son Luca in September and, you know, now, Navigating running a business, having a newborn, and just life in general is not easy. (laughs) It is not easy, and you have to have some type of structure for it to work. You know, when I first basically started getting back into work, I really struggled trying to find a schedule. And, you know, so now I've kind of time blocked my days, right? Tuesdays and Thursdays in the evening, I've set aside time for my business. And so time blocking for your business in general is going to be so, so incredibly important. Also finding what time of the day you are most productive. So if you're like me, I personally am the most productive in the morning. When I first get set down, I'm really ready to go. I'm not necessarily awake (laughs) all the time, but I do feel the most productive when I sat down first thing in the morning. In the afternoon, I do hit a little bit of a lag. You know, I've just had lunch. I'm possibly in a food coma. I am known to take a afternoon snooze (laughs) after I have ate my lunch for the day. So I do, I do feel a little bit more lethargic in the afternoon. I don't feel very productive. And then I get a second wind, right? And so I've started to notice that about myself. And what that has told me is if I have projects that require a lot of brain power, or deep thinking or deep focus that I really should plan those during those productive times, right? So first thing in the morning or maybe um, during that second wind. That's really, I think, been the best thing that I've done. You know, it did take a little bit of time to figure out what those productive windows looked like for me, but that was super, super helpful. Take breaks, please. That is another thing that has been super, super important as a part of this, you know, productivity process is incorporating breaks. 
eat food. I don't know how many times I have just been so busy working and I look at the clock and it's three o'clock and I totally forgot to eat lunch, right? Schedule those things in. Time block times for breaks and lunch. That's going to help you to be more productive. And then put your phone away during work hours. It is so distracting, especially now. I mean, we can definitely go down a rabbit hole. We've got so many different options for social media and they get super distracting. So really try to turn your phone off or turn on your do not disturb. If you have one of the newer iPhones, they do have, I think it's called focus mode or something like that. Um, and when you turn it on, it'll actually notify people trying to contact you that you have your do not disturb on. Do something like that. But again, with the productivity, with being busy, just make sure that you're focusing on the right things, right? Don't do things just to do them. I think we get really caught up in doing that in this space. We see everybody else doing stuff. And we're like, oh, they're doing this. I need to do this for my business. It's not necessarily helping your business, right? So really start evaluating what you are doing and make sure sure that it is something that's actually moving the needle forward in your business on a consistent basis. The second thing is really to create a community. It's so important. I cannot stress this enough. Community of friends, of support, of mentors, whatever that looks like, please do this. This industry can be isolating. It can be lonely. You're working from home. It's quiet. You don't have a lot of interaction during the day. And so having some type of community or network of friends or, you know, business friends, whatever that looks like, please, please try. Connection is what continues to drive us forward as entrepreneurs. And when we sometimes feel like we're going on this roller coaster ride of being a business owner, it's so hard to do by yourself. You know, I don't know how many times I have gotten caught up in my own thoughts and I haven't been able to get myself out of making a decision. And it's something probably it's really simple and just right in front of me, but because I'm working by myself 24 seven, it's really hard for me to get myself out of that hamster wheel of thoughts, right? So having a community to bounce ideas off of is so important. Uh, I have a really good group of friends that I have found over the past four years. We even sometimes will have a meetup once or twice a year with this group. And it is just, it's so much fun. And just to be able to talk to people that are in the same boat you are, because it is so hard sometimes talking with family or friends that maybe aren't in this space and trying to explain to them what it is that you do or what your struggles are, because they're not in this space, right? It's harder for them to understand. They can, you know, listen, be a listening ear, but it really is great to have people that just get it and it just really makes you feel better. Sometimes you just need to vent to somebody that gets it. And so I think that's, you know, takeaway number two, create that community. It's again, so, so important. If you don't have one, send me a DM on Instagram. I will be your community or your support network happily. Number three is set boundaries or communicate boundaries to your team and to your clients. I will say this is probably one of the things that took me the longest and was the hardest for me. I'm a yes person. I'm a people pleaser. I want to do a good job. I want to be a perfectionist and go above and beyond for everyone. It is a good trait but it's also bad. Um, it's good just because, you know, I do pride myself on my work. It's bad because it is not sustainable and boundaries are going to be crucial as a business owner and they're hard, right? So do things like set times to log off for the day. Make sure that you set specific times that you're going to check your email and your Slack messages. For the longest time, I was just living in my Slack, right? I would be available to respond immediately to everybody. And while I thought that that was great, right? Like, hey, I'm responding super fast. I'm doing a good job. 
it was holding me back from actually completing my work because I was just in there talking to everybody all day, trying to get people responses. And it was not actually productive, right? And you want to make sure that you're communicating to your clients and team when you are available. So that's actually one thing that I discuss on my discovery call with my clients before I ever even send over a contract. Hey, client, here's some general housekeeping. I'm available Monday through Friday from nine to five. You can contact us via Slack. We're in there from nine to five. We have a sunset rule. So you'll always have a response before we log off at the end of every day. You know, I do have on Mondays, I do communicate this to them as well. Mondays are my meeting days. Typically my response time is slower on those days. I am setting those expectations up front with my client before they ever agree to work with me because I want to make sure that whoever I am working with, they know, right? They know what it is to work together, what those expectations are on both sides. And then they get to decide for themselves if that's something that feels good for them. And they're not going in blind, right? They're not going in um, and signing a contract with you and you say, hey, I'm only available Tuesdays and Thursdays. Well, client is shocked, obviously, because they didn't know, right? Communicate those boundaries and set those expectations up front. You will thank yourself for it in the long run. Another thing that I make sure to communicate is I do not give out my phone number. We have had clients in the past or people that we've had discovery calls that ask for a phone number to be able to call or text. And that is a hard boundary that I just, I'm not okay with because I feel like that definitely bleeds into personal time, right? And I want to make sure also too that I'm doing a good job for my client. And so what I always like to do is to frame this in a way where I am highlighting the positive, right? We're not saying, hey, I don't like to give out my phone number because I want to have some quiet time when I log off at the end of the day. It's, hey, client, I want to make sure I'm doing the best job that I can to support you. In order to do so, this is where you can contact me. And it's so I don't lose track of everything, right? They'll maybe want to message you on Facebook or Instagram, which for casual conversation that's not business related, totally fine, right? No big deal. If it's work related, it 1000% needs to be into your allocated method of communication that you guys discussed upon signing a contract. And so I would really make sure that that's very, very clear and hold that boundary because it's going to be really important for you to A, have streamlined communication and B, for you to be able to scale. If you want to scale with a team, you need to have communication practices in place so that it is easier for your team to support you and the client moving forward. Another thing that you can do for these boundaries is to plan your week ahead on Friday before you log off for the weekend so you don't have to think about work over the weekend either. It's really making sure that you're setting expectations for yourself, for team, for clients about what that week is going to look like, right? Like maybe it's just doing your due diligence to them and saying, hey, client, just a heads up next Wednesday, I have a really heavy day, meeting heavy day maybe. And so I just want to let you know to maybe expect slower response times. Easy no big deal. You're doing your due diligence to them, but you're also really um, providing a good customer service experience for your client as well. Plan time off, whether it's an afternoon, a whole day, a whole week. I went two years without taking a vacation. Yes two years, I said that. And that was because I built my business around me and a lot of other reasons too that I, you know, could again, have an entire 10 podcast episodes dedicated to, but I was really, really bad about taking time off in my business. And it was mostly my own fault. I held myself back from that, but please plan to do that. Maybe once a quarter, sit down and say, okay, for the month of October, I'm going to take off this day just to have a personal day. Please make sure that you're doing that because if you don't, you're going to get burnt out, right? And it's not going to help anybody. You can't pour from an empty cup. You need time to recharge so you can do your best work. Tired people produce tired work. So communicate it to your clients ahead of time. Make it easy so they're not stressed out. They're not surprised. Create a recurring task on the first of every single month or the first of every quarter if you want to to 
email your clients and say, hey client, just a heads up, I'm gonna be out of office this day for this month. I will make sure to send you a reminder a week prior, but I wanted to go ahead and let you know so that if you wanted to have any projects completed prior to that time I'm out, I need everything submitted by this day. That's a great boundary to set with clients. It's super, super clear. You're giving them plenty of time to get things submitted to you. They're not being taken by surprise. And that makes that time off for you and for your client less stressful. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but this will be real quick. So we all know that the legal side of your business can be daunting. So I wanted to share with you guys a quick solution you can legally use to protect your business with ease. So my friends over at Coaches and Company have created lawyer approved plug in and play templates specifically for online coaches and business owners. If you know you've been building a business on a shaky legal foundation, it's really time for an upgrade. They have legal contracts for one-on-one coaching, group coaching, digital courses and products, and so many more. All you have to do is go to their shop in the link below in the show notes and check it out. Alrighty, now let's get back to the show. And then the fourth thing that I've really learned is to stop setting limits. Stop setting limits for yourself, for your business. It's really easy to think that there are so many other people out there who do what we do and that they would do it better. And so why would we try to achieve our goals or try to do this because there's somebody out there that does it better, right? And the truth is, is that there's always going to be someone who knows more, who's more experienced, but that doesn't mean that we don't have anything to offer, or that doesn't mean that there's not something that we specifically excel at that maybe somebody else doesn't, or, you know, kind of like our secret sauce, right? Maybe I'm sure there's other people out there that do what I do. And I know there is, (laughs) there is, Um, but there is something unique about the method and how I work and conduct myself as a business owner and how I work with my clients that sets me apart from other people. And if we don't go for our goals, we're definitely not going to achieve them, right? Um, You know, imposter syndrome is a real thing. When I first started my business, I was terrified. I literally, I winged it. I mean, I had a little bit of a plan. I mean, that's my personality in nature. I'm a planner, type A. But when I started a business, I had obviously never started one before. And I was scared. I was leaving a corporate job that was, you know, a decent salary. I had insurance. I had benefits. I had vacation time. You know, it was great, but I wasn't fulfilled. And I always had that in my head of, you know, is this the right choice? But at the time I was 24, 25, 25, I think. And And if I hadn't taken the leap and just tried, then I would have always wondered. And so at least I tried, but you really need to take the chance on yourself. And if we don't go for our goals, like I said, we're not going to achieve them if we don't at least try. And then the fifth thing is run your own race. Do what is best for your business. We have a natural tendency to compare ourselves to what we see online. It is habitual. I don't know how many times I have subconsciously compared myself to somebody else, whether it's in my personal life or in my business. But when we see, you know, what other people are doing, it's really causing this hustle in our head, I guess is the best way to say it. So when we see a person launch a course or start a podcast or host a retreat, we think that we have to do those same things to be successful because we see them being successful. And those are the things that they're doing. So that must be why they're successful, right? But that's not it, right? We're successful because we're good at what we do. We're passionate about what we do and we like what we're doing. Those things are going to be ingredients to a successful business. But what someone else does might not be the best for your business, right? So just because it's what they're doing, it doesn't mean it's meant for you. It's about finding what best works for you in your business and your personal life. You know, for example, when I first started my business, 
I built my business because I wanted to be able to have more freedom and I wanted to feel more fulfilled in what I was doing. I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted to go places and that worked for a period of time and that's what I wanted. But then what was great, you know, I got married, we started our family and my need for my business needed a pivot. And I had to constantly evaluate that for myself. What is success for me? Is it having a business that has, you know, 30K months? Is it having a business that helps to support my family? Is it having a business that allows me to spend time with my son or to travel the world? Whatever that looks like, you have to define that. You can't let other people define that for yourself. You have to keep yourself in check with what you think success is and the lifestyle that you want and build your business for that reason, not because everybody else is doing it because that is a fast track to burnout and being unhappy in your business. And that's gonna land you right back in square one when you first left probably your corporate job and started your business in the first place. So please don't focus on the other person in the race, run your own race. That's gonna be the best bet for you and your business long-term. And it's gonna lead to you being more happy and more fulfilled in what you're doing in your business. And then the last one is a little bit more of a technical thing, but make data-driven decisions in your business. We get so caught up, I think, in what we're doing and what we've always done just because it's familiar and we're complacent and it's just part of our day-to-day routine. We don't actually stop to think, how is this serving my business, right? For example, maybe you um, have a task to maybe engage, you know, for a certain amount of time every day. What is that engagement doing? Are you actually seeing something come back from that engagement? Or maybe it's writing a blog every week. Is your blog actually driving traffic to your website? Or are you seeing those views convert, right? What are we doing? Let's look at the data to know what we need to stop doing in our business and what you need to focus more of your time on. If it isn't bringing in ROI in your business, then figure out how to shift your time elsewhere. An ROI or, you know, your return on your investment, it doesn't just mean money right? That could be traffic to your website. That could be leads in your pipeline. You have to decide what that is and you need to make decisions to reflect that in your business. So make sure that you're always, maybe it's on a quarterly basis or every six months, looking at the tasks that you're doing in your business and ask, hey, am I still doing this because it's serving my business or do I just do it because that's what I've always done? Evaluate that. Challenge yourself. If it is something that's really not turning um, an ROI in your business, get rid of it. You don't have to do it, right? That's just because, again, somebody else is doing it doesn't mean it's best fit for you. So use the data to help you make that decision to remove the emotion from it because I think a lot of the time that's where we get stuck. We get in our heads about it. Hey, so-and-so is doing this. We have to do it. That's that's how we're going to be successful. What does the data say? Does the data say that that's helping your business? Or are you saying that's helping your business because we have an emotional attachment to that task or project? So really make sure that you're focusing on those things, right? And really using that data to help remove the emotion and to more effectively make decisions in your business. But all in all, after four years of running my business, I genuinely cannot wait to see what year five brings. 2022 is going to be a big growth year, I think, for our business. Um, It is also going to be kind of a different view for me because I'm going in as a new mom and with different priorities on how I need to allocate my time and what that's going to look like. So I'm actually really excited to see these pivots and changes come. There's a lot I'll continue to learn. I can't wait to continue to share all of it with you guys. Please feel free to reach out, right? Like if you guys resonated with any of this, send me a DM on Instagram, send us an email, reach out. I want to hear, I want to chit chat with you guys, pop into our Mighty Networks community, start a conversation there, and I will see you guys next week for our next episode. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. 
If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.